All right, so this has been the year of 52 stories, and I'm excited to announce um, Talon. Talon's been an attender here at the mill for some time, and um, we have the honor of um, having an attender from the mill sharing their faith story and the way Jesus has impacted their life. So Talon's going to be sharing his story this morning. Would you guys please welcome Talon? Thank you. Yeah. They definitely warn you when they ask you to do this how nerve-wracking it is. I mean, everybody sits back there. It's very nervous. You know, you're like, where's anyone in the front row? No one to talk to, no one to stare at, so you can pretend like there's no one else. It's not nice. But this, my story starts at about 14. I really started to question my faith. I, you know, I'd been told, but I didn't know it at that point in my life. I didn't know it. I didn't have any faith really with that. And so I started to question it, and I started to look into alternatives. What else could there be? And I looked at everything that I had access to as a kid, and, and I didn't find anything. So I went back to the Bible, and I went through it, and I looked at it, and I found that it had to be right, but I couldn't accept God's love for me. I couldn't accept that idea, because that, it's, it's an insane concept, the love God has for us. I wanted an ulterior motive. I wanted there to be something that he got out of it, and... There wasn't, but I couldn't see that, so I ignored it. I just let it go. I, didn't, I filled my life with all sorts of stuff. I did lots of sports. I spent all the time that I could to avoid that. I burnt myself out, and eventually it got to me. I started to have depression to an extreme degree. At 15, I went up to my room. I loaded my gun, put it on my chin, and reached down to pull the trigger. Right in that moment, I looked up one last time, that, and I don't know why God moved me to look up in that moment, but I felt this love. I realized truly the kind of love God has for us, that insane, that just ridiculous love that God has for us, the love that's beyond our own understanding, and that was, that was the moment. I, you know, I accepted Jesus. I started moving my life towards Jesus. I still battled with depression for a few months after that. I had serious depression, and I was at work one day, and I, I knew in that moment that I wasn't going to make it through that shift. I knew I, was gonna, I wouldn't make it through the shift. I knew I'd kill myself there. And I went to God, and I asked him to lift that burden from me. I was like, God, you say that you will never burden us with something that we cannot take. You'll never give us something that we cannot stand against. And I can't take this anymore. I need you to take this from me. This is beyond my means. And it wasn't seconds later, and it was gone. There's, I've, I've not battled with depression since then. Now I'm going to Journey Ministry College. I've been called to be a pastor. I'm going to get to see great things. I'm going to watch as people grow in excellent ways. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get to see great faith, faith to move mountains, faith to part seas. And I can't wait. But that is my story. Thank you, Talon. That's a powerful story. We are blessed by the calling God has on you. Well, this morning, my name is Leslie, and it is my honor to introduce our guest speaker this morning. For this Sunday and next, we will have Pastor Dean Anderson here. Let me tell you a little bit about Dean. Dean grew up in the church. He was the son of a pastor, and upon completing high school, he attended the North Central University, where he met his beautiful wife, Lita. They have enjoyed 50 years of church ministry together, and most of it has been in Wisconsin. 
He is retired from Christian Life Fellowship in Port Edwards after 30 years of ministry. Dean and Lita have been blessed with two sons who are now adults with their own families and four beautiful granddaughters. And when the opportunity arises, Dean enjoys a good game of golf as well as time in his flower garden. They are still active at their church. They participate in small groups and they love people whenever they can. So this morning, let's give Dean a warm Mill Church welcome. Well, good morning. Did I push the wrong button? I'm okay? All right. Well, that's questionable, but... Hey, it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, I, I had the privilege of uh, being with you about, I think it was about four years ago now, when uh, Zach was, uh, took a sabbatical, and he asked if I would come for a month and, and speak, and we had a great time together. And so I've been looking forward to coming back. I hadn't seen your new building, and so I was eager to see that. Zach had, had told me a little bit about it, and uh, uh, this is great. Man, I love this. I Driving up, uh, Lita and I both... Uh, just struck with the how what a neat location and just a neat setting, and uh, I just say congratulations to you for uh, pulling this off, and uh, God helping you pull it off. Right, uh, it's a great uh, great thing that has been accomplished. But you know, a church is not a church unless there's people, so you're really what makes this thing great, and uh, uh, I know that that uh, God has blessed you in wonderful ways as a congregation. He's helped you to grow and to reach out into the community. And um, uh, he's not finished yet, right? Am I right on that one? Or are you done? No, he's not finished. You know, God, uh, until God's... uh, Let's them put us in the ground. We're not done. And God's got work for us to do. Now, I totally understand that you are uh, in the uh, time of transition in terms of leadership. And uh, I, I realize that can be a bit uh, daunting. I've been there. I, I know what that's about. Uh, transition means change. And let's be honest, most of us, are averse to change, but I know that uh, this church has been built on a great foundation, on a solid foundation, and the winds of change are not going to shake this church family. I know that. Um, I think we often need to remind ourselves of what Jesus said about the church, His own words, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So uh, we need to remind ourselves often of that. You and I are part of his church and he will see us through whatever change is necessary to keep this church uh, vibrant and healthy and growing Uh, And and having gone through 
that kind of leadership change uh, at the church that, that I pastored for many years. Uh, I have some ideas as to uh, how to navigate that time. And uh, I'll share a couple of minutes next week with you with some thoughts about how you too can, can navigate the, the change of leadership that's about to take place. You know, the reality is that change is inevitable for all of us in this life. Uh, you seniors uh, are facing change. It's a new chapter in your lives. Some of you are facing changes in in jobs, in, in your home situations. But I want to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes about the only person who doesn't change. And that's the God that we've been worshiping together this morning. Now, granted, you know, God is a, is a, a, a pretty big subject to tackle. But uh, there are so many facets of his character that we could delve into this morning, like the truth that uh, he is always there. He's omnipresent, the theological term. Or that God is all-powerful. He is, he is omnipotent. Or that he is all-knowing. He's omniscient. Or that God is always trustworthy. Or that he's always loving. Or that he is always just. And the difficulty is, is that our best words and our best word pictures do not do him justice. He is so far beyond and above and bigger than anything that our finite minds can comprehend. However, that, that should not diminish our desire to know him better and better, to grow in our knowledge and our understanding of him. God wants to reveal himself to us because the better we know him, the more we will love him and respect him and trust him and desire to follow him. So I want to just take a quick look at one particular attribute of God this morning, and that is God's consistent nature. He does not change. The theological word for that particular attribute is a word uh, called immutability, the immutability of God. He is always the same. He is an unchanging God. Now, that attribute stretches us a lot because we live in a world that changes so rapidly that, that we have a hard time keeping up with everything that's going on around us. Knowledge is increasing in an exponential way. And that brings inescapable change. Uh, listen to these statistics. Uh, now, none of you here this morning were around in the early 1900s. Uh, my father lived to be 96 and he was uh, born in the early 1900s. But in, in, those, in those few short years ago, listen to these statistics. You talk about change. The average life expectancy was 47 years. 
The five leading causes of death were, number one, pneumonia and influenza. Number two, tuberculosis. Number three, diarrhea. Number four, heart disease. And number five, stroke. More than 95% of all births took place in the home. Only 14% of homes had a bathtub. Most women, I love this one, most women washed their hair once a month and used borax or egg yolks for shampoo. Don't you guys love sticking your nose into that, huh? The, the average wage was 22 cents an hour, which meant that the average worker made about $400 a year. There were only 8,000 cars in the whole country and 144 miles of paved roads in the entire country. So the distance that I came this morning it's not quite that far, but almost that far. Uh, that was the entire paved roads in, in all of the country. Only 6% of all Americans had graduated from high school. The American flag had 45 stars. The population of Las Vegas, Nevada was 30 people. Now think, think of all that change that has, has happened in, in the last century. Now contrast that with the idea that we serve a God that never changes. Never changes. In fact, James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. He's always the same. He always has been. He always will be. And now the, the, the temptation for us is to think that, okay, if he never changes, then certainly he must not be relevant anymore. But we have to remember that God is perfect in all that he is. When we talk about God's power or his omniscience or his omnipresence or his graciousness or his faithfulness or his generosity or any of his other attributes, you know, it, it becomes very clear that any change that God would make would be for the worse. It would have to be. And none of us want God to become worse than he is. You know, I may want my spouse to change. I may want my children to change. I want my, you know, my friends to change. I certainly want myself to change. But I don't want God to change. The only, because the only way that God can change is to become less than he is. And the Bible is adamant that that will never happen. That will never take place because he is always the same. 
Psalm 102 says this, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. You know, the very essence of God is unchangeable. There, was, there, ne- there, was, there never was a time when he was not. Now you start thinking about that that, that, that blows your mind. I mean, we can't even comprehend that. There never will come a time when he will cease to be. He does not grow older. He does not gain new powers. He does not lose powers that he has. He cannot change for the better because he's already perfect. And being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. He is perpetually the same. So in, in, in light of all of that, you know, what is God's immutability? What is, the, what is the fact that he never changes? What does that mean for you and me? You know, what is it about his unchanging nature that, that brings about a change in my thinking and in my response to him? Well, first off, you know, Let's look at God's unchanging character. You know, the fact that God is absolutely consistent in his character is really good news because of the quality of his character. Now, how many of you have discovered that consistency is not always good news? You know, we've known people that were consistently dishonest or people that were consistently deceitful, or people who were consistently lazy. And that doesn't impress any of us. But God's character is impeccable. Jeremiah 31.3 says that his love is everlasting. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So the fact that God's character is unchanging and consistent is really good news for all of us. And we need that because in spite of Scripture, in spite of Christian experience that that has been passed on to us, sometimes for generations, we still have our moments when we begin to doubt things about God. We, we all deal with that. Sometimes when the pressures of life are building around us, we may catch ourselves thinking, you know, I wonder if this situation has somehow escaped God's attention. Or we get ourselves into a situation where disaster just seems imminent. It's certain and God seems far away and we, we say in, in, in fear in our hearts, we say, you know, I don't think he's present with me on this one. Or we get ourselves buried in an addiction or entangled in a, a destructive relationship 
And we find ourselves, you know, moaning and saying, you know, God may be all powerful, but I'm not sure even, he even has the power to deal with this, this situation. But God reminds us, he says, I am the Lord. I do not change. His omniscience has not faded. He knows everything about you. He always will. He will always be present in your life. He does not take uh, an occasional day off. He has not lost any of his power. Everything that God was, he still is. Not one single aspect of God's character has changed. So when we're tempted to think otherwise, we remind ourselves of God's immutability. He doesn't change. He will not change. He cannot change. And secondly, the, you know, God's truth never changes. His word, his laws, his principles, his commands are timeless. Isaiah 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You know, any, anything that man writes eventually becomes obsolete and dated. You know, at the rate of scientific discovery today, by the time a science textbook is printed, it's already obsolete. But God's word the Bible, the scriptures is always fresh. It is always relevant to our lives. It is all, it's never obsolete. That's why, you know, I know you've been encouraged in your walk with Christ to get into God's word, get into his word that is timeless, that is always relevant for our lives. In Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, I, there's never been a book in all of history that has been attacked more, that has been uh, uh, criticized, that has been ridiculed, that has been burned, that has been outlawed, than this book right here. And yet, all those people who attack his word eventually die and are gone and God's word still stands. It is timeless. It never loses its relevancy. And it is still changing lives. So when you read God's word, you know, remember that God still stands behind all of his statements of purpose, all of his principles, all his requirements, all his words of warning. They haven't changed. And it's vitally important that we also remember that God stands behind all his promises. That hasn't changed. Whatever he has promised, he will fulfill. He is a God of his word. 
You know, and if, if you and I want stability in our lives, stability comes from building my life on God's unchangeable word. You know, I like having friends in my life. And I think of anything, the pandemic has caused us to realize how, how critically important friends are to us. And I love that. But I'm not going to base all my decisions in life on the advice of my friends. You know, sometimes they give me good advice, but sometimes they're just as wrong as I am. But I can build my life on something that will never ever change and that is God's consistent unchanging word and then also God's purposes never change and that includes his purpose for your life and his purpose for this church Psalm 33 verse 11 says his plans endure forever his purposes last eternally. You know, do your plans ever change? Anybody here have plans that ever change? The rest of you are liars. They all do, don't they? That happens for all of us. You know, and here's a couple of reasons why. First of all, we don't, we don't have the perspective or the foresight to know everything that's going to happen in life. Things happen that we didn't anticipate, and so plans change. Secondly, we don't have the power to implement the changes that we intended to make. We either run out of time, or money, or energy, or effort, so our plans change. However, since God is omniscient, he knows everything. Since he's omnipotent, he has all power. His plans never have to change. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Now, some of you that have read Scripture, hopefully all of you, but you know, some of you are thinking right now, well, what about those times you know, I've read about it in Scripture when, when God did not do what he said he was going to do. You know, didn't he change his mind? But if you look closely at those passages in Scripture, you find that those situations were warnings from God about the consequences of certain actions. But when the people repented of their ways... God did not have to carry out the judgments that he had warned about. So what caused the change was the repentant behavior, the repentant hearts of people. It was not a situation where God says, you know, oops, you know, I think I goofed. I better change my mind. God's purposes never alter. There is no such thing as a sudden development or an emergency that takes God by surprise. Now, don't miss the implications of that for, for your life, for my life. God does not have a plan B for your life. 
Think of the biggest mistake that you've ever made. And then think about the biggest sin that you've ever committed. And add on to that the biggest disappointment that you've ever had in your life. You know, do you think that God knew in advance that those things were going to happen? Of course he did. He's all-knowing. So, since, since God knew that those things were going to happen for you, he has woven all of that into his plan for your life. That's why Romans 8.28 can say, you know, all things work together for good to those who love God. All things work together. So that means that no matter what has happened in your life, you know, you're still on plan A that God has for you. God has not changed his mind. He is not, you know, God's purpose for your life hasn't changed. You know, I've heard people say, you know, well, I made this huge mistake. And now I've just got to settle for, you know, second best in my life. But you can read the whole scripture. You're not going to find the word second best in the Bible. You're still on plan A for your life. God's plan A. God knows everything that's going to happen in your life. He knows the good the bad, the ugly. And he has fitted all in to work for good in your life. And only our God, our immutable God, can make something like that work. You and I can't do it. But God can. Now let me close with this thought. You know, the things, the things around us are continually changing. We, we are continually changing. Experts tell us that the most successful people are the ones who learn to cope with change. But I'm convinced that the best way to cope with change, ironically enough, is to get to know a God who doesn't change. One who provides an anchor for us in the swirling seas of change. He's the God that you and I need in our lives. The best part is that he never changes in his desire to be in relationship with us. It doesn't make any difference how much we have messed up, how many times we've, we've blown it. God never changes in his, relation, his desire to be in relationship with us with us he wants us to know him because the better we know him the easier it is to love him and to follow him and to trust him and to serve him in just a moment we're going to pray together but let me tell you that there is something else that has never changed and that is God's plan of salvation you know, for 2,000 years, Jesus has 
He, he said it back when he walked this earth. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a good way or I am one of the ways. He said, I am the way to the Father. And his plan has never changed. God's invitation to you has never changed. He wants you to come to him and establish a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And as we close in prayer this morning, you know, uh, if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, I encourage you to take advantage of this moment right now to open your heart to him, to invite him into your life. You know, that's a decision that you'll never regret making. You know, we've all, we've all got some decisions in life that we wish we could have some do-overs, don't we? But I can promise you that one decision you'll never regret making is the decision to invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. You'll never regret that decision. I can promise you that. So as we pray today, you know, if, you, if you've never done that, this would be a wonderful opportunity just to open your heart to Jesus Christ and allow him to become your Lord and your Savior. Allow that unchanging God to become your God. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you are unchanging in all your ways. Lord, everything around us is, is constantly changing. So it is reassuring to know that you are, you are the unchangeable factor in our lives. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Lord, that your promises don't change. What you've promised, you will fulfill. And we stand on that truth this morning, Lord. We can count on that. Help us to put our complete trust in you. For you will not fail us. You will be there for us always. We know that, Lord. And Father, I thank you for this wonderful church family. I thank you for the influence and the impact that this church has had and is having and will have in this community and the surrounding communities. And I pray, Lord, that as they experience change, Lord, may your unchanging word continue to be their guide, continue to be their what they put their confidence and their trust in. Lord, may your unfailing love continue to motivate them to be the people that you have called them to be, that you have designed them to be. And Lord, we look forward to what you have in store for this church family in the months and years to come. God, you have begun a great work and your word, your promise in Philippians 1 is that you will complete the work that you have begun. We thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of this congregation 
not only in the lives that they've lived, but I thank you for their faithfulness and their giving, Lord, that has provided this wonderful house of worship. And Lord continues to provide for ministry, not only here, but around the world. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless their efforts and may you take our, our gifts, our offerings this morning and use them for the furtherance of your kingdom, both here and around the world. We thank you for it. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.